All right, let's do this thing. I regret saying that. Hello, and welcome to episode 27 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Argeros, Lian Cazero on the boards, and I am joined, as always, by my perpetual co-co-host, Mike Salbato. Hi, I'm Mike. Mike on the boards. Mike the Battle Maiden. Mike the Battle Maiden, yes. Oh, yes, and I am Caitlin painting, Japanese painting dog. <laughs> That's very important. Remember that name. Very elegant nickname. And I am Stephanie Sabidlo. I am Dice on the boards, and I am part of the social media team. Ah, and an awesome Canadian. Yes. Um, you can make your beaver jokes if you want. I've heard them all. What about a maple beaver? Maple beaver. Oh, there's, sweet. there's the nickname that we needed for you. The maple kind. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, the maple kind Sabidlo. We're, we're good to go. So now that we've introduced the crew, you might have noticed that we are missing our intrepid leader, Stephen Talos on the boards of Meyerink. Uh, depending on whether or not you listen to Random Encounter, and if you don't, you should, just putting that shameless plug in there. You might have heard that our beloved Stephen is leaving the site. He has realized one of his lifelong goals of doing localization work for video games and had to leave us as a result. We are very sorry to see him go, but also very happy for him because, hey, I mean, come on. That's probably one, something that every one of us has dreamed about at some point is working on video games. And if you're a fan of Japanese language, localizing video games. So hats off to Steven. We wish you the best. Rhythm Encounter is going to continue on in your absence. And we're going to, Mike and I are going to do our best to make the show as awesome as possible for you. We're going to keep having three hosts on the show. Uh, the way we're going to do this is we're not going to have a permanent third co-host, but rather a sort of a re revolving door. No, that's not the right way to say it. A random selection of co-hosts from our editors on the site. Basically anyone who's interested in being on the show, on staff, could join us on any episode, bringing their unique views of music and their picks. Um, we expect to have a lot of fun I with this. this podcast and I feel like I've already been kicked out. No, no, no. Revolving door was the wrong word to use. I'm sorry. <laughs> I meant it in the sense that we'll have people coming and going. It's not going to be the same person every, every episode. Uh, whoever basically has expressed interest for a theme, we'll pick and we'll bring them on. So you will see, probably hear new people. You won't see them. We haven't gotten that far yet. Um, some familiar voices, depending on, you know, if you've listened to past episodes and maybe some new voices, but it should be fun because we'll have a lot of different perspectives uh, as we go through. Uh, the show format itself hasn't changed. We're going to try and trim it a little bit for you, and we might be making a few other changes here and there, but we are still the same old rhythm encounter. We still love RPG music, and we still love talking and gabbing about RPG music with everyone. Yeah, so okay. so let's start the talking and gabbing with a selection of recent tracks. So I can stop rambling. That would also be good. 
So for our recent selections to this episode, we have Forest of Elrit from Odin Sphere. I'm not going to pronounce the rest of that title. Basically, it's the Vita Port. Odin Sphere. La-la-la. Leaf Thrower. Leaf Thrower. There you <laughs> I go. I like that. And then we'll have Into the Woods from I Am Setsuna. And finally, <laughs> save the best for last, in my opinion, uh, the arrangement of Antipyretic from The City of Final Fantasy, the arcade version.
Sphere is a super pretty game that I somehow have not played. Um, but talking with Stephanie over the break, uh, I feel I have to rectify that because they are apparently super cute bunnies that talk really sweetly and have and carry big swords. So might kind of have to fix that. The, it's all about a curse, you see. You're a bunny rabbit cursed with being adorable. And they're trying to fix it, but, you know, in the meanwhile, you got yourself running around as Cornelius, who's super cute. Wait, he wants to fix being adorable? Why would why would you want to fix being adorable? I, I don't even want to... I just want to save the spoiler for uh, what happens later on with these bunny rabbits. Oh, no. I hope it's good things. It, 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 it's, all, it's all good. Don't worry. Okay. Well, the track itself is is kind of interesting to me because I feel like it covers a couple of, like, the different gamuts of forest themes you've got sort of like the the lilting beautiful bright sort of forest sound but then you've also have a section that's a bit more mysterious to it some some deeper sounds uh some sort of woodwind i'm not quite sure which um and then you have like a super playful section where it's moving around a little bit it's it's kind of an interesting sort of um sample platter of various different kind of forest sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely like that the Odin Sphere soundtrack is kind of a nice mix of, uh, I guess, kind of Japanese music meets something like Lord of the Rings. Uh, but yeah, you're going to hear probably that bit about, you know, the nice mysterious sound, very soothing forest piece. Uh, I chose a lot of my, my tracks this time based on the fact that they don't sound as mysterious, but I do like this piece for, you know, kind of hitting that nice foresty, mysterious storybook sound. Oh, storybook is good. Yeah, I was I was listening to it and it gives me it makes me think of a Disney movie. Not like a particular one, but I picture like a Disney forest or something. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, like that kind of sun shining in on the trees, uh, something out of Tangled almost. Yeah, yeah, of- Tangled would be good. Yeah, Tangled. <laughs> don't something get like that. oh, I love Tangled. Don't get me don't get me started talking about how awesome Tangled is. We're gonna have to do the Tangled Frozen debate. Another time. Oh, no, yeah. let's not do that. No, yeah, Mike and I will be fighting over it for forever. Yeah. So let's um, let's move on then to Into the Woods from I Am Setsuna, which uh, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised that it was all piano because I've heard from friends playing it that the, the soundtrack is very piano heavy, but it was still kind of an interesting um I'm assuming that there's snow in this in these woods because there's a lot of snow in Setsuna. Um, and actually, thinking about it, the piano kind of works a little way. The, the starkness of just having piano kind of can match a snow-bound setting. Um, yeah, I, the, the whole choice of like a largely solo piano soundtrack is a nice one because... Um, you know, I think it very nicely emulates that kind of silent, wintry snowfall sound. Uh, the soundtrack, the soundtrack, a lot of it seems to almost mimic that feeling of uh, falling snow and kind of creates a flurry of quiet notes to add a bit of a rhythm to it. You know, like da na 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 na. Yeah, just kind of nice. I love you. <laughs> Can I just say that that was a beautiful way to describe that track? Yes, it was. <laughs> But it still had a bit of character to it, you know. It kind of had that bit of that rougher, you know, you're kind of treading unknown uh, unknown territory. So it was a nice balance between the kind of nice rhythm, rhythmic sm- snowfall and the kind of, you know, adventurous into, new, into the woods uh, feeling. I, I think, I don't know for sure, but 
talking to people that have played it, I think the isn't the entire soundtrack piano? Mostly. Uh, every Mostly. so often it will kind of go, you know, quote-unquote out of character and introduce kind of other instruments if the mood strikes. Uh, ba boss battles, for instance, will still have, you know, a few more rhythmic or uh, strings to it. So I think that was actually pretty cool. Um, really nice for a kind of low-concept game that I Am Setsuner kind of is. You know, kind of a low-key, smaller RPG. Um, yeah, I think it works really well. It's a very beautiful soundtrack. Uh, it kind of suits that, you know, very nice quiet sound of winter where you just don't hear anything on the streets. Mm. Yeah, I think it fits really well. Yeah, From what I agree. I've seen of the game. I think to shake things up, instead of a solo piano album, because the album is already that, they should get a full orchestration album. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> or like a, a chamber orchestra or... Yeah. Or, 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 have the, or have the, the Black Mages button. cover it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I was... Rock, rock album was on the tip of my tongue, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I should say it. Or the all-percussion version. <laughs> oh, oh, that could be super cool. Yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> I, because, you know, piano is technically a percussion instrument, so... Mm. Yeah, so uh, there we go. We can get something really going for them. Yeah. Ideas for future soundtracks. We also discussed that on this show. Feel free to, you know, any sort of royalties you want to send our way for giving you these awesome ideas. If you happen to be a composer and you're listening, it's fine. We have awesome ideas occasionally. <laughs> uh, and we also have awesome arrangements of Final Fantasy music. Uh, so, my God. Some may disagree with me, but I really think that Antipyronic is the best piece on the Dissidia Arcade soundtrack. There's some really good arrangements, but this is my favorite. This and the, the there's another arrangement of Trisection as well that are both more of orchestral uh, instead of rock, which really appreciate. Not that it wouldn't have been awesome to have this in a rock format, but somehow keeping it orchestral a little bit closer to the original material but still reworking it was a really great kind of blend of you know keeping having the original and staying true to the original but also making it feel fresh and new the um the increased tempo here it's it's much faster than the original is great will work perfectly for the sort of hectic battles that you have in the Dissidia games and I love how they the melody kind of the rhythm of the melody changes a little bit because of that tempo. Um, they don't try to keep the melody the same while having the beat up. They move the piano along a little bit, and it's really interesting how it's still the same melody, but it has a different sound to it because of the, the, the place where the notes are coming in. Mm -hmm. No, I, I definitely like it too. Um, I, like many, I love the Final Fantasy Tactics soundtrack, uh, but every so often it got really, really synthy. You could tell the whole thing was done on a single keyboard. So I really like this as a nice way to kind of, you know, bring it a bit more back to life with a bit more of a variety of instruments instead. Um, it definitely had a bit more pop going to it, and, you know, kind of like unlike a few of the Dissidia tracks, it's not nearly as rock-focused or something as heavy, but honors the original song. Well, I like that there's a really strong... Piano. I actually noticed there's a lot of piano in the stuff we have today. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but 
but I didn't uh, really expect that for a soundtrack or an arrangement for a fighting game. So I thought that was pretty cool. How, how jealous would you be, Caitlin, if I reminded you that I did play this game with this song? <laughs> oh, right, because you were, you were in Japan. I was. Well, how well could you hear it, though? Because you would have been playing it in an arcade, right? Well, they have headsets, but to, oh. be, to, to be fair... Uh, do they really? They do. That's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> not on, not just on this game, but there was a few games, especially at the, um, I think some of the rhythm games had it, but this one definitely did. They're like, you know, permanently attached to the machine, just hanging there. God, I feel like that kind of shows you like a kind of cool difference between, you know, our arcades and J- Japanese ones. Yeah. You know, like you don't really go to a Vegas casino and say, hey, do you want to put headphones on for the slot machines? <laughs> I do. There, yeah, see, you know, we got to we gotta meet these requests. But no, that's really cool. I did not know that Japanese arcades had headsets. Yeah, I would have taken more pictures of the machine, but technically you weren't allowed to take pictures in the arcade, so I definitely did not take any oh. pictures. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it's a cool game, and it needs to come out here, please. Yeah, it looks so beautiful. Oh, my God. <laughs> I agree. I haven't, um, I didn't play the Second City game, but uh, this one has Ramza in it, so I will play it. He is literally the prettiest person in that cast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, well, Wallace in gorgeous, beautiful eyes and eyelashes. <laughs> Let's be fair. He was the prettiest person in his game, so... He had quite the hourglass figure, if I do say so myself. I'm yes, and... I thought it was a chick. Perfectly formed butt cheeks. <laughs> you, can't, you cannot tell me that, that, that the armor was just shaped like that for no reason. It's because he... Yeah. He, he got butt, you know? <laughs> he had bumps to go with that shake. Uh, as my dad likes to say. <laughs> now I'm imagining your dad playing tactics. Look at those bumps. Or, or, or my dad playing tactics. Oh my god. The okay. sight of our, any of our dads playing video games, I'm sure, would be hilarious. Yes. This got really weird all of a sudden. I'm sorry. Funny that happens when Stephanie's on the show. <laughs> hey, we're all weird. It's and weird, nerves, man. It's good. The nerves counteracting with the alcohol that I've drank, and you know, just nothing's feeling right. Well, and then let's um... first block. First block, yes. First block. <laughs> okay, so this is the show is kind of. I think it's fair to say it's my baby. Um, way back when, when I was a guest on the show, um, I was asked to come up with a bunch of different possible theme ideas, and forest themes was one of them. Um, and we we didn't do that for my guest episode. We kind of kept it in the backlog. Um, we were even planning to do it at one point uh, when Steven was still in St. Louis. Um, when we were all going to be in St. Louis, I think at one point was the original plan was to do it when we were all here, and we just kept... Uh, postponing and postponing and postponing. I kept, like, nudging Mike, like, we're going to do that forest episode sometime, right? So we are finally doing it, and I'm super happy that we're finally doing it because forests are... a lot are... of good forest tracks in the world, you know? Yeah. Forests are really awesome. And um, my first pick for our first block is actually... Pretty much the inspiration for this theme, which I will explain after we listen to it. So my first pick is Extensive Forest Green from E7. And then Mike, you have our next pick. Yeah, my my last minute pick when I realized my first one wasn't really foresty enough. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so, I have I have notes for your song. I'm just gonna read the old notes I had. God damn it. It's it's <laughs> probably fine. It'll be close enough. Yeah, I, uh, I think it will be. Yeah. So I picked uh, Totems of the Grizzle Maw from World of Warcraft. Ratch, Ratch, Wrath of the Lich King. And then Wrath, Wrath of Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. And then Stephanie has our third one, a game we've and actually I, never had on the show. I think. Yes, yeah. So I'm happy to introduce uh, something from something a little different. Uh, Rain in the Dried Up Valley from Atelier Atelier Aisha. Oh God damn it, that was awful. Atelier Aisha. It's it's hard. Uh, to, like, put a tongue twister for me. Yeah, say that five times fast. My Canadian tongue it just can't pick up these words that fast. French and English. Atelier Aisha. It depends too on which game you uh, listen to the localization for, because I'm playing Shally and they pronounce it Atelier. Really? Which I don't think is right, but that's how they pronounce it. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to pronounce it Atelier, but okay. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So let's listen to Extensive Forest Green from E7, Totems of the Grizzle Maw from World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lich King, and Rain in the Dried Up Valley from Atelier Aisha.
So E7 uh, was my first E's game, and also I pretty sure my first introduction to Falcom music, uh, or maybe it might have been this show, um, might have been something Derek picked way back when, but my first real introduction to Falcom music. And I remember playing through this area in the game. It's, it's pretty, it's relatively early on in the game. It's a small little foresty area that you, you run through and it's nothing super different about that forest. It looks like, you know, your typical RPG fantasy, green forest, bright, sunny, that kind of stuff. But the song was just so different from anything I was expecting for a forest theme. And of course, it's not that, you know, um, different for Falcom music. It's pretty par for the course. But I remember thinking, listening to this track, this is a pretty cool and different forest theme. And then I started thinking, well, hey, there are actually lots of different and cool forest themes. There's lots of different kinds of forests in RPGs. There's the bright, sunny, happy forest. There are the magical, mystical forest. There are the dark and foreboding forest. And music often, you know, alongside the visuals, will sort of represent those different kinds of themes and forests. So it's like, why not have an episode about all the different kinds of forest themes there are? And of course I had to lead with this one just because I love it so very, very much. It's got so much energy and movement to it. I cannot help but not dance, because um, I'm not standing up, uh, but dance in my seat a little bit, I guess, when I listen to it, just because it has a really nice beat to it. And it's it's fun. I really wish that the area was maybe a little bit bigger or that you needed to come back to it at some point. You really don't, and it's just, you know, it's done. But I really love this piece a lot. And it probably helped cement my love of Falcom music and this style of Falcom music. I'm, I'm a huge fan now of the E style of music, so yeah. Yeah, the uh, Falcom music really seems to be in a bit of a stratosphere of its own. You know, a lot of people who know it love it. Uh, same with Yeez. I mean, you know, a lot of people love the battle themes in there, and I can't blame them. Um, one thing I noticed about Extensive Forest Green is I definitely like the title. Um, but like you said, there's a lot of good energy in the tune. It feels very fast and, you know, a very spirited tune like you are indeed, you know, running through the forest. Um, there's a bit of the synthy element to it, and um, you know, I just think it's a nice, catchy tune. Perfect for Yeez, and you know, perfect for the setting. You wouldn't really expect Yeez to downplay, you know, a forest theme. They keep it exciting. Gotta have a lot of energy so you can hack and slash your way through. I forget what enemies are in there, but they're probably they're probably foresty creatures and spiders, and yeah. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah, I like the the drum line in the song a lot, actually. I, I think a lot of, uh, you know, you said that not everyone really likes Falcom. We're definitely not talking about anyone that's been on this show before. I <laughs> <laughs> guess it was Curry. Probably, no. Um, well, I think sometimes when you hear flack about Falcom, usually it's because it's like some of the like louder, you know, they have a lot of like rock stuff. It's a little bit in your face. But I, I like this one because it's really upbeat, but it's not... I don't know where I was going with any of that. I like the drums. It's not... It's, up, <laughs> it's upbeat, but it's it's still... It's not as much of a rocky... Drums. Rock song, I guess. Like, it's got... It's... 
I keep saying it's happy because it is, it's very happy despite having that sort of upbeat, fast pace to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's upbeat, but it's not trying to melt your face off. Yeah. Yeah. It strays away from that kind of mysterious storybook forest kind of thing and goes for its own kind of spirited forest theme. Yeah. East, East 7 leaves the face melting to vacant interference, which still probably the best boss theme in the East series. I'm, I'm kind of sad that it's already been played at some point because I would love to talk about it and how awesome is it. But that's another story from their time, so. We'll do a greatest hits episode, <laughs> kind of revisit the ones that we love a lot. That's a good idea. I like that idea. Speaking of good ideas, I know. Sorry, that that was a lost cause of a transition, but <laughs> um, Totems of the Grizzle Maw, I have to say, um, it's not the first time I've heard this been done, but I really liked ha- having this in this track. It's hearing the background noise. Um, I don't know if they... Act- it sounds like they might have actually recorded outside at some point. You can hear the air and the wind, and you can hear some birds uh, chirping, and later on there's like a babbling brook. And that was a really cool way to sort of ground the track in a re- not, you know, not necessarily a specific real-world location, but just making it sound like, hey, this is actually, this is actually the real world at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I actually really agreed. Um, that was a really, I really did like the, you know, the soundtrack actually having a soundscape to it. Kind of helps you get the uh, illustration in your mind going a bit right away. Uh, I find a lot of JRPG music to be incredibly melodic. Uh, it's probably why you get so many arranged albums or actually vocal albums going with them. Uh, but a lot of uh, Western Western RPG music I find goes for more straight fear, uh, straightforward, sorry, and atmospheric kind of composition. So I felt like I was more in charge of, like you know, what I could see and feel with this song than just kind of strictly for you know a sort of feeling they were going for. I, I don't know. I just thought it was a pretty kick-ass theme. Yeah, it's very. It's very peaceful, and you're right. It's not. It's more atmospheric than melodic, and that I think works in its favor, mm-hmm. um, because you don't always have to have like a super strong hummable melody. Sometimes it's more about setting the stage, and I feel like the the simple melody plus the sort of real world sounds in the background would really help create that that atmosphere. I can I can almost picture it having no experience whatsoever with World of Warcraft. Well, good. Then I guess it does its job. <laughs> what did you think? You're the one who picked it. This, Well, this is actually, even though I haven't played the most recent expansion, but this is still my favorite expansion of the game. Um, just the whole setting is really neat, and there's a big um, like Celtic influence in the music of that whole continent. Yeah. So there's a few songs that mm-hmm. have that, and I, I was looking it up in preparing for this, and I know there's some kind of bagpipe there, and I'm trying to figure out what exactly kind of instruments they used. And some people I was reading online posted some theories, and there's one that's called an Ilian or Ilin or something. It's an Irish bagpipe, which I don't know if there's how many kinds of bagpipes there are, but the theory is that's one of, that's the bagpipe that's used here, and it's used in the soundtrack a lot. Um, wow, I didn't learn I, that today. Yeah. Yep. Well, things things you learn from rhythm encounter people. Yeah. World There's of more work. than one type of bagpipe. Yeah, an Irish bagpipe, no less. And um, the other one, again, this is it's kind of theoretical, but I looked up 
some videos of those instruments and it seems like they're right on. So you have the Illin and the Nickel Harpa, which is a bizarre, I don't know how to describe it. It looks like a violin, but then it has keys on it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, we might have to put the spelling of that in the show notes so people can see the weirdness of these things, but... Post a picture of that for the for the page as well. <laughs> <laughs> well this is the thing we referenced in the show, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Um, and, you know, finishing up, uh, I chose Rain in the Dried Up Valley. Oh, sorry, were you done? I, 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 I think he's done now. I guess I'm, I'm done. Let's talk about I'm Aisha. Done. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I feel like a butt. Did you did you have anything to say, Michael? Uh, I was really I was going to talk about the ambient sound and the stream and stuff like that, but then Caitlin stole it from me. So no, we're we're good. Um, oh. I really like the bagpipes. I'm I'm not normally I would never normally sit down and be like, boy, I need some more bagpipe in my life. But I like the way they, <laughs> I like the way these ones sound. Like this song in particular, it's almost because there's kind of like three parts of the song, but the it's either the first or second like segment where the bagpipes are really like prominent it kind of yeah. has this like sense of kind of like a sense of longing but it's not really sad i'm not really sure how to articulate that but it's such a unique instrument anytime it's used um like i know it's one of those instruments you either love it or hate it um i definitely love it it's very loud but i love it uh, i even loved it in like uh, realms theme from final fantasy 6 oh yeah okay i'm good <laughs> uh, let's talk yeah. about your song yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, so I chose Rain in the Dried Up Valley from Atelier Asia. Um, I should usually adore the Atelier OSTs. Um, it usually hits all my button buttons for soft and fun tunes, uh, but the odd, the music is still oddly, you know, a hit or miss with me. Usually just because I find them a bit more overly saccharine. Uh, sometimes it's just a bit too sweet for me, but uh, Rain in the Dried Up Valley kind of hits a nice sweet spot in between. So it's a, it's sweet without being too sweet. Um, Rain in the Dried Up Valley is one of those songs to me that gets better the longer it goes on and has a really fantastic and exciting build-up to the kind of one-minute mark in. Uh, the piano and the pan flute really play nicely against each other, and the strings that you hear a little, a little further on kind of help smooth out some of the more wild and outdoorsy sounds in the song. Uh, it makes you feel like you're actually going out on some daring escapade, and whereas a lot of forest themes seem to go for the kind of calming and mysterious feeling, uh, this one seems to do quite the opposite and paint a big sense of adventure. And I can only picture Bilbo Baggins kind of running out, you know, going, I'm going on an adventure! Oh, wow. <laughs> now, uh, now, just imagine if they made a, a Hobbit RPG. Yeah. <laughs> Picturing all those, like, dwarves with big anime eyes and it's creeping me out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, actually, uh, one of the... One of the things I wrote was, well, I wrote, I hope this is a happy forest because <laughs> it certainly sounds like a, you know, happy. It's a up forest. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully it's, I don't know. Can't be happy about that, but maybe some, something is happy about There's that. There's still lots of greenery, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was wondering what kind of a forest it was because sort of like extensive forest green, it sounds really different, like you said, from what you might expect for a forest theme for any kind of, you know, more sedate or slow-paced forest themes. And there's some interesting 
instrumentation choices too. Like, are there bells or some sort of synth-like bell? I don't know what that is. Yeah, that it kind of like clangs a bit in the middle of the song. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what it is, but it's what? so interesting. Yeah. I like the flute a lot. I think that that's a maybe kind of a trademark of Gust soundtracks, but you said it's that a pan, pan flute. flute. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about flute, so I just I know it, it's a little more. A little more. Bass, I definitely know bassy. there's more than one type of flute. So yeah. Um, bad bagpipe. We'll see. We both learned. I learned about uh, flutes, and you learned about bagpipes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you were really happy that I picked the song. So I was just kind of what your thoughts were about it. Well, I like I like anything from Gust. Like every time yeah. someone brings one on here, it's. But I, I liked it because, like you said, a lot of the music in that series is really upbeat and more happy. Mm-hmm. So, but this one, I like the, I don't remember where in the game it plays exactly, but it does have a sense, it kind of has a sense of urgency to it. It's not so like, mm -hmm. hey, let's go through a, for a relaxing stroll. So, oh, no. which will bring me to my dishonorable mention later. Oh, bum bum bum. Oh boy. But, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, Gus has a really good sound to it, and I definitely like, uh, the you know the kind of sweet sounds i have to be in the mood to listen to sad songs so i kind of like gust for usually keeping things upbeat they're they're a mood lifter i guess we would call them right yeah it's like yeah. eating i don't like eating when i'm sad it makes the food taste less good oh you know i, I like happy songs so i can feel happy <laughs> <laughs> uh well speaking of happy songs uh i'm Pretty certain, Mike. Your first pick in the next block is a is a happy sounding song, right? Yay! It is. It's a happy and relaxing song. So I really do like the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Crystal Bearer soundtrack. And mm -hmm. I, I think I'm one of like four people on Earth that like the game too, but that's okay. So I picked. I thought uh, it was really cool. It's so bizarre. Like I think yeah. most people don't like it because it's just so off the wall sometimes. But, if okay. they if they reworked a few things, it would have been a much better game. But I still liked it for the weird ass experiment it was. All right, cool. So that's Sorry. Two, that's two of us. <laughs> anyway, so I picked the Moogle Woods from Crystal Bearers, and then Stephanie. And then I picked the Venerable Forest from Star Ocean Two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that track. I don't know how to pronounce it. What? I don't What's... know how to pronounce yours. Oh, um, do they ever pronounce it in the game? I don't know. I always uh, thought it was a root, or or is it is it a root or a root? I mm. a root. Anyway, I picked uh, a root village. <laughs> um, this is from the Ethereal String Project uh, arrangement, the awesome uh, string arrange album uh, from Josh Barron. It's super, super pretty. My favorite track on the album, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, so without further ado, let's take a listen to Moogle Woods from Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, The Crystal Bearers, The Venerable Forest from Star Ocean 2, and A Root Village fr uh, from <laughs> the Ethereal String Project.
Alright, so perhaps I was mistaken that everyone hates this game, because there's at least two people on the show that like the game. So. And I haven't played it, so I'm you can't count Almost me as someone who doesn't like it. I may very well like it if I've ever played it. I just well, don't want here's here's what it comes down to. Because I actually reviewed the game, and the last thing I mentioned in the in the review is if the idea of picking up cows who shoot milk lasers from their udders sounds entertaining to you, then you should play the game. Wait, um, I'm pretty sure I played this game. Is it at all related to Earthworm Jim? No. <laughs> I never knew there was more game, more than one game with uh, shiny laser udders. I, I didn't guess. either. <laughs> Alright, well, you know what? Both are excellent game. Clearly, if you need a good game on hand, you need a laser utter shooting cow. I think Diablo might have hit that territory, but not the lasers. Anyways, okay, so Moogly Oogly Forest, right? Moogly Forest, or Moogle Woods, or whatever it's called. <laughs> it's called something. It's a good game, but whatever the song is called. Yeah. I, well, I tried to find an image before the show because I was going to like just use it to show you guys. I'm like, hey, here's what the forest looks like. But there's not a lot of good images for this game. It's, it will hereafter be called whatever the Koopo it's called. Aw. Sure. Or whatever, whatever the Koopo it's called. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was cute. I try. <laughs> Um, so what did you think of it, Mike? Why did you pick the Google Forest? I like that we had a good mix of like upbeat and more relaxing. If you notice, this whole block was kind of the more relaxing songs we picked, but I, I like the really like kind of laid back vibe of this one. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're wandering around, wandering around trees talking to Moogles, so. <laughs> it's got a good vibe to it. That's all. Yeah, that's pretty much what I wrote too. It's laid back, relaxed. Um, I uh, yeah, you, you answered my question that there are Moogles in the Moogle Woods, so yeah, that would Every be weird. Every song you need possible. that though. I love just a nice, relaxing, you know, soundtrack soundtrack tune. You know, not all of them. I, I don't always get as excited for the big battle themes. I know they're always the ones you usually tout for games, but I do love a really nice chill soundtrack. I think that's why I kind of signed up for this uh, for this podcast as well was you know because I really do like the sort of sounds of the forest. The sounds of the forest. <laughs> um, but I won't lie, this wasn't really what I expected with something uh, with Moogle in the title. I'm definitely used to always hearing a Moogle theme accompany a Moogle song. Uh, God damn it, my notes they also whenever I typed in Moogle, it types in Google, so <laughs> I screw up. It auto corrected. Um, anyway, so the Google Forest is basically is basically a better version of my Dishonorable Mention song. Uh, I, I love that it's a nice, consistent tune, actually, and it carries a melody better. Uh, the Crystal Bears soundtrack was generally very interesting, and I like how they experimented a lot on the soundtrack. Some of the songs were obvious throwaways, but there were still a lot of really good tunes. I feel this is the only chance I'll ever get to mention how awesome the, uh, the main theme, the title screen theme, is for Crystal Bears. Uh, easily a top 10, even though it's a, a spin-off, you know, spin-off Final Fantasy title. Uh, but I also like that it was a Moogle theme with no Moogle theme, you know? I'd love to hear a non-Chikobo Chikobo theme, you know? That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, because usually you're just kind of used to the basic notes. I'm just curious what a, a, an alternative, you know, <laughs> alternative theme would sound like. I think we all kind of like, you know, our minds kind of blew up a bit when Final Fantasy 13 had a non-standard victory theme. Yeah, yeah. 
It's like, what is this nonsense? So oh, but we'll but it, uh, cheer. But it was good. It was good, yes. You'll be happy if you go back before you were on the show, but if you listen to, looks like episode 14 of the show, uh, we had the title, the title song on there. Which one? For Crystal Bears. Sorry. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, because yes. I, I, I'm kind of obsessed with that song. I talked about it. I think I picked that one, but whoever picked it. But back when that game, before it came out, you know, they had like a teaser website up and that was mm-hmm. the song that was on the website, but there was no soundtrack yet. So I actually would just leave the website up like all night while I was doing other stuff. So yeah, great song. Aww. I always get giddy whenever you hear that song in game that you heard on the teaser website. It's like, oh, hey, it's this, this, this friggin' song. Mm-hmm. A song that you've been, you've been wondering yeah. where does it play what's the context i love that i love that with uh game reveal stuff too you know when you finally see what a new cast of characters looks like or you know what songs and sites and all that stuff i always think it's really exciting so um i don't know where we're going with all this but hey it was a good good sidebar <laughs> well then let's uh let's move on to your pick stephanie yay and i think uh you have the honor of picking our first star ocean uh, pick or track yes. on the podcast. So thank you. I know we've had some some listeners who have been wondering why we don't have uh, more stuff by Sakuraba on the podcast, and I agree. We will have stuff more stuff by Sakuraba if I have anything to say about it. I was going to say, yeah, with you and I here, we'll make sure there's at least one per yes. <laughs> episode, even if it annoys people. Oh, yeah. But we're already talking about another episode where I'm going to Sakuraba the heck out of it so yeah <laughs> you're gonna sock us some sakuraba yes there you go <laughs> um okay yeah so i picked the venerable forest uh i'm a huge star ocean 2 fan and it's probably the one game i can claim to have beaten broke and beaten again and literally know about every nook and cranny uh so after so many runs with it you know a song as big as the venerable forest starts to really kind of become you know hand in hand to the game to me and kind of give me a nostalgic feeling um, so this is a song that works, that just sounds important. Uh, it doesn't necessarily sound sad, but it doesn't sound necessarily sound happy either. And it just kind of works uh, for the setting you know, where both of the main characters kind of have some growing up to do. So it's just kind of a, you know, uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Limbo of a song, I guess, to me. Uh, so both the characters are kind of going through big emotional hurdles, and I kind of like how this is where they meet up, and it's kind of a big spot to the both of them for that for that reason, you know, the whole start of their adventure. Um, the theme is reused later on for uh, uh, Rena or Rena's own theme song, uh, and another version of it is used again for a big epiphany moment in a similar-looking forest on another planet. Um, a lot of Sakuraba's... Uh, PlayStation era stuff really struck a cool balance to me uh, since a lot of the sounds were still pretty classical, you know, as per his style, uh, but a lot of the instruments were very synthy and, elect- and electronic. So for a concept like Star Ocean, where the plot tends to have that mix of sci fi and fantasy, I find the kind of sound, the weird kind of sound in the song really works well, um, and for the soundtrack as well, where it sounds just a little mysterious and, you know, both classical and not so classical, and you know, works really well with Rena and Claude, where Rena feels the most comfortable in the forest, and Claude feels sort of out of touch with it since he's more in a sci-fi universe, and you know, that didn't really afford him the same kind of green scenery. You said pretty much almost everything that I wanted <laughs> to say about this track. Um, I yeah, I have the same reaction. Like this is. When I think about Star Ocean 2, this is the track I think about, like, just my default Star Ocean 2 track because it was so 
iconic to have this. Um, I always I always play as as Rena because I like playing as girls, and because you have to play as Rena if you want Dias, and Dias is the most kick-ass character in the game. Um, so this has always been my introduction, pretty much, to the game when I play through it, and. I don't know if it's because it was one of my earlier RPGs or if it was just the earlier sort of PlayStation era, but that's always stuck with me as that sort of um, the representative track for, for the game and for Star Ocean as a whole, really. And it's really cool, I think, that they combined the forest and Rena's theme. Um, she's in the forest. We, we get the sense that this is like her her special place that she goes to when she needs to, you know, escape whatever's happening in her life. And she she comes here and she has solace here. And I thought that was a really neat way to have the, the theme sort of reflect that it's it's kind of her force because it has her theme in in the music when it, when it plays. Um, and it's just a really... I, I don't even know how to describe the... Um, such a weird sound, right? Yeah, but like that bum 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 the in the background was I love that. That just sort of instantly gives it kind of a um, magical sort of uh, wilting feel to it. And a lot so, of the uh, stuff from Expel on uh, the Star Ocean soundtrack kind of had that feeling, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. The world kind of on the brink of you know, or just kind of teetering on the on the edge. <laughs> Living on the edge. Made it sound too hip. <laughs> no, no, hip is good. Hip is fine. I actually always pick Claude because his sequence at uh, the arms tournament was just a little bit shorter. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to get the sword for Diaz. <laughs> but then you have to deal with Leon. Oh, that's true. And I, I, I could never... I like him, but I already had a super awesome spellcaster, Celine, and... I was just like, I don't know. He's cute, but Diaz is hot. <laughs> Diaz is super hot, so yeah. Sorry, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I am. Sometimes I, I am driven by my attraction to hot guys. Like I really still don't like how Velvet in Tales of Vazaria looks, but once they introduced. Um, Aizen and, and, and Rokuro, I love both of them, and suddenly now I'm on board with the game. So I will I will admit that maybe I can occasionally be bought by hot guys. Yeah, so you can be shallow just like the rest of us. At yes, times. at times. The difference is none of the, like none of them have like their bodies spilling out of their outfits. True. Yes. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to how Aizen kind of fit into the whole equation. Oh, sorry, tangents. Uh, Mike, what did you think? I think you guys are making me want to replay Star Ocean 2. Because yeah. I never I never finished it. Then we have we have achieved our goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> also, well, yeah. Um, how far did you get, if I may ask? Oh, boy. I don't remember. I think I've talked about it on the show before, but I died in, like, the stupidest way. And I got so frustrated, I never went back to the game. Oh, there's an ugly string of unbeatable bosses that absolutely suck the spirit from you. Oh, no, it wasn't a boss. I was fine with the bosses. I got past some bosses, and then I was wandering through a forest, actually, come to think of it. (laughs) And I think it was a bunch of rabbits or something like that. But there's these enemies that can petrify you. And then before I knew it, within like 30 seconds, they petrified my entire team, and it was game over. 
Oh. I had that for Persona 4, the kanji dungeon, I think. It's like there's a bot, there's an enemy that does an instant kill thing. Oh, I no. hate that. I hate and that. And then it just kind of linked to all three of them doing it and just killing my party right off the bat. I was so annoyed. Because it happened four times. I really, I don't like that. That's one thing I don't like about the elemental system in the Persona games is the, uh, the light and dark attacks. They can be really awesome when you're the one using them, but when the game is over, if the main character dies and it ha hits the main character, you're like, really? <laughs> um, but, well, I was going to say, Mike, you might have your chance to, to finally beat that game if we ever get, they were, weren't they bringing that over, uh, or bringing it over, but they ported it? PSN? Yeah. I, I don't know if we're going to get it. But. I think they did in Japan, yeah. I don't know. They did in it, Japan, yeah. It wasn't so bad dying that way. You know, it was really my own fault because when I died, I realized that I hadn't saved the game in like four hours. So, <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was pretty rough. I think all of, us that are, all of us RPG fans have felt that at one point or another. Yeah. yeah. And you just kind of sit there like sitting with your, you know, like kind of slumped on the couch looking sad for yourself for about a minute. Pretty much. Yeah, and then you're just like, do I do it again, or do I just quit for the night? Yeah, one day I'm <laughs> going to play a Star Ocean game where I don't quit halfway through, but we'll see. We will be here to encourage you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I might, I well, I hope I'll be gabbing about Star Ocean 5. I really, I, I it's hard to imagine it being worse than Star Ocean 4. And I, I now that I say that, please don't be worse than Star Ocean 4, please. I don't think it is, uh, judging by the um, import impressions. It seems to be. It's short, but it's still pretty good. So Good. Maybe, yeah. Uh, okay, so you know what else is good? <laughs> Final Fantasy twelve, because yes. I love that game so much. Um, I think I neglected to mention before the break. So my pick, Aerit Village, is from Final Fantasy twelve. It's the uh, arrangement of the forest village where all the Vera, at least I think all the Vera live uh, where Fran is from and it's mm, it's really the only part in the game where we get any background story about Fran and her family and that was that was actually a really interesting thing to have despite the fact that it was technically kind of a detour um, for, for, for the direction you, you had to detour there and then you had to detour again to save her sister but that was a really neat way to sort of give us a little backstory of Fran and, and Vera culture and you learn more about why she left that beautiful place and it is a super gorgeous little chunk of the woods um, it's not the first time that we've seen a a wood, a wooded village or a, a treetop village, but it was really pretty how it was laid out. And the music was also, it had this sort of mystical feel to it. And this arrangement is, oh my God, so beautiful. It's hands down my favorite piece on a very amazing album. Um, and it's really hard for me to pick a place to start talking about it. But uh, the piano portion um, in the beginning and when, where it's playing through the actual theme of the village is really pretty. It was a nice sort of replacement for what I think was a harp in the original. Um, really helps sort of 
set the the feel of the place and it does give it sort of a you know secluded woodland vibe to it the uh, the strings of course being the focus of this entire album are at their best really i think on this track and there's a a middle portion that as far as i can tell is original i don't really remember it being in the original version that is amazingly beautiful and has a gorgeous string section and then a amazing piano transition back into the main theme it's just this was the track that made the album for me so and i originally wanted to uh, to feature it on music of the year um because this is one of those tracks for me but then i was like well whenever we get around doing forest themes this would be perfect so i'm glad that i held off and was able to feature it here very well said <laughs> thank you um yeah no i i totally got the same thing um eru oh god I, okay i looked up the the the, the what is it the japanese the kana station yeah so it's just eruto and i was like oh crap that doesn't help at all <laughs> um so this particular village theme uh to me it's a song that just sounds so pretty and mysterious and just a little sad uh, i've always loved the song because it really pushes around with how i feel when i listen to it uh, i've never heard this version of it before so that it was actually really nice to you know have my ears be blown away i guess or pleasantly surprised by it uh yeah i gotta check out the entire album though it's beautiful yes yes it's a lot of awesome stuff in that album and also, let's just be serious. Treetop villages are the best villages. Aren't they? Always. There's just something so fun about getting to... I mean, I don't know. It's not like you couldn't do it in real life if you were really that adamant about it. But it just seems like that's so difficult to pull off. So it belongs in a fantasy world because you yeah. can do anything in a fantasy world. And just being able to run around and explore. Live vicariously through the video game. Yeah. <laughs> Treehouse settings. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I I lost my save file when my hard drive crashed. But um, when I was playing Minecraft on Xbox, I I built I was building a treetop village. Whoa, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Inspired by this? Uh, partly, I guess. Or just you know, all treetop villages. Not that yeah. there are awesome. a lot of them, but. <laughs> and Mike. I I wrote in my notes that I think. I may not be as in love with Final Fantasy XII in general as Caitlin, but I think I feel about the same when it comes to the music. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's really hard to top a lot of the stuff in there, but this is such a great, great arrangement of this song. And I'll, I'll agree with Caitlin, too, that the whole album is definitely worth checking out. I'm going to check I, it out. I think we have a review up. Yeah? I'm not sure. I Did we believe not, we or, do. I know we've talked about it on the show before, but I'm not sure if we actually reviewed the album but it's a really cool album. I know you guys like the uh, Final Fantasy Crystal uh, Crystal Bear uh, opening theme because I read the review and they, somebody listened to it like 500 times or something like that. Oh yeah, that's probably mine. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's a great pick and uh, the Final Fantasy XII boss theme is something that always, you know, pumps me the hell up when I'm on my way to work <laughs> when it comes on. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love. I love that. Uh, the the bells. Which one? The the first. Um, yeah. The da 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 
dun. Yes, yes. I love that. Tone deaf. No, no, no. That, that I got it. I got it. That, yeah, okay. that's that's my. I like the other one too. The one that's like plays the main theme of the game in it. But mm-hmm. this, yeah, that first one is also my favorite. So something about bells when used in uh, in soundtracks really does it for me. I know Sakuraba's done it a few times too. Uh, the mm-hmm. Star Ocean Three Victory theme has that bell thing going, and I love it every time. The bells, man. Yeah. Carol uh, of the Bells. The Bells. <laughs> of video games. Uh, yes, we did review the Thurial String Project. Uh, Marcos reviewed that for us. Ah, awesome. So you can you can check out that review, and we'll have a, a, a link in the show notes um, to where you can where you can buy it, which you should buy it because it's awesome. Oh, yep, here it is. Woo! I'm gonna read that after. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, this, is, this has been a really good block so far. I've uh, loved all this, the tracks that you guys have shared. Uh, and I guess we're getting slowly into our final block? Or did I oh, did I skip somebody's notes again? No, no, no. 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 Um, okay, so the final block, I get to head up the final block with a, a song from Skies of Arcadia. Or Arcadia, I don't know, whatever. Uh, the Kingdom of Ixataka. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 next, and it's kind of hard to top that, but I'm gonna try with uh, Yako Mori, which wow. is the the Noctilum theme from Xenoblade Chronicles Cross or X. And then my it's Final Fantasy X to me as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> None of this ten shenanigans or cross. It's always Final Fantasy X. <clears throat> it's been six months, Caitlin, that the game's been out here. You have to embrace the X. I'm sorry. Uh, I will try. <laughs> I almost well, I I had to remember at the last minute to call it Chronicles because I have it. It's written. I have it written in the notes as X. Yeah. It's just Xenoblade X. So I had to remember. Wait, there's a Chronicles in the Western version, isn't there? Right. Yes. Can we have uh, DMX's X gonna give it to you as like the the kind of theme going on in the background right now? <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, I I don't think we want to flirt with the potential copyright suit, but um. Okay. But Mike, what was, did you pick? I was gonna do it for her too. Um, so <laughs> I picked uh, Lost Forest from Lagaya Dual Saga. Yay! A game I've never played, but I'm very familiar with the composers. Yes, oh. I think we all are for a yes. soundtrack. Nobody's probably nobody's heard. Well, at least two thirds of them. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So. All right, well then, for our final block, we'll listen to Kingdom of Ixataka from Skies of Arcadia, Yako Mori from Xenoblade X. Go and give it to you. And Lost Forest from Lagaya Dual Saga.
And welcome back. So I had the first song in this block, and it is the uh, Kingdom of Ixataka theme. Uh, pretty popular, I think, even for a soundtrack that's pretty popular in general. Um, needless to say, Skies of Arcadia is a fantastic game. Big sense of adventure, you know, going out, seeing the world, all of its wonders and discoveries, and surprisingly not-so-unique cultures. Um, the countries are pretty unimaginative, so, you know, the Red Moon Country, for example, red equals fire, fire equals hot. Where is it hot? Oh, in the desert kingdom of Nasser and its pretty obvious Ottoman influence. Um, so when it came to the country of Ixitaka, uh, you see it's a forested area and that there would be drums, maybe some chants. And for the first few seconds, when you hit up the, the town or the, the actual kingdom, you know, the village screen, uh, it starts out exactly like that right at the beginning. Uh, it's not really a bad thing, but I just felt like I wouldn't be surprised. And to some extent, I was kind of right. Uh, but then all of a sudden, about you know, a few seconds in, the flute finally starts to play a really catchy melody. Uh, it keeps a tune and a rhythm that's just a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, it even starts to dip into acoustic guitar, and it takes more of a sort of South American influence from then on. Uh, and then the the vocals in the back sound more like they're part of a celebration, which is kind of nice, where it's not just the usual kind of, you know, epic Latin vocals or whatever else. Uh, of all the nations that you visit, I feel like the the Mayan vibe or the ancient civilization vibe from Ixitaka really stands out the most just for being catchy. Yeah, I agree with that actually. It's, it's. I think it's one of those one of the tracks in the game that uh, I always think of when I think of the game. I mean, the entire soundtrack is brilliant, but there's just something special about this track. And part of it is I always got a a live performance vibe from this. Yeah. Um, the drums and the vocals kind of make it sound more like it was, you know, performed live. And that was a really cool thing to have, especially, you know, back in the olden days of ye olde Dreamcast, you know, we weren't necessarily ex uh, expecting to hear anything remotely resembling actual live instruments. And not that this is necessarily super live instruments, but to have that kind of sound was still really cool. Um, and it's just, yeah, I love the melody when it comes in. It's it's just a really cool melody. I love how um, the latter half of the song, the you just have the drums and the chants in the background and the melody comes in and then there's accompaniment and then there's some uh, higher harmony joining in on repeat. And that's, that was a really cool way to wrap up the track yeah i like um which was the song earlier we were talking about like background music oh the warcraft song but i like the drums and i can't tell if it's just like supposed to be vocals or people in the background or there's also like some monkeys or maybe it's just <laughs> in my head, it, maybe it's just in my head i picture monkeys in the background of this track the voices in mike's head are just a bunch of monkeys <laughs> <laughs> maybe i should get that looked at huh <laughs> See, there well, it is again. It is a, it is a jungle It's a jungle, kingdom, yeah. So. yeah. So, no, I, um, I really want to replay that game, too. Oh, yeah. Me I, too. I, I really, yeah, I really like the vibe of this song. There was Please. so much talk of an HD version of the game that never actually happened. It was such I, a drag. I, I want it. Please give it to us, Sega. Yeah, but um, yeah, like one thing I like is that especially for a game like Skies of Arcadia, where Arcadia, whatever, uh, where you're mostly just flying around and you know you're stuck up in the sky, it's really nice and relaxing to see you know just the sight of trees like you do, once again. 
you know, it's kind of almost soothing in a way and kind of fits that whole like, you know, forest or kind of soothing place to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, this was just a fun song. I, you know, I felt like I was kind of more part of a party than, uh, you know, than, you know, some other forest themes that you might, uh, you might hear. And the vocals were, you know, kind of more chanting and kind of, you know, in a good spirit instead of kind of, a, you know, kind of more sing-song vocals. Mm-hmm. I love this game. I, <laughs> I need to, I don't have my Dreamcast anymore, I know, for shame. <laughs> so I guess my only option is to get the GameCube version and play it on my Wii, but then I have to get a GameCube controller. Ah. I have an extra one, you can have it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Just give me the game after you're done with it. We'll <laughs> um, but now you can lead us into the more bombastic Xenoblade X theme. Yes. Uh, this is actually, this is a good, I think, transition because we have one jungle to another jungle. Noctilim <laughs> is very much a jungle forest than a traditional, like a, you know, deciduous forest. Um, and... Oh, it, I think it's the best area theme in the game, which is hard because there's a lot of good area themes. I, I mean, Silvalum and Oblivia's night themes are also excellent, but Noctilum, this was like one of those knocks your pants off kind of songs that I think everyone, even if they weren't so sure about Salano or the way the music in general was playing into the game, I think everyone could probably get behind how awesome this track is. It's kind of hard to deny the the energy and the I'm gonna say it the kick-ass nature <laughs> of this of the song. It's it's really interesting too. It starts off with this sort of weird kind of electronic synth sound at the beginning, and you've got um, we have a guitar kind of strumming in the background. But that was a really I think interesting way to juxtapose the organic nature of you're on this planet and there's a lot of weird wildlife, but also blend in some sort of more sci-fi or electronic elements to it, which, you know, Sawano does tend to do that with his music, but it was still a nice thing to have here. Because, I mean, this is a game where you could be running around in giant mechs while you're exploring a huge... Uh, glowing forest at night fighting giant Pegasus monsters, so you know, the music should sort of, I don't know, reflect that crazy sh- Oh, see, there, I swore. Oh, great, now you're doing it. Yes, I'm, it, it, it wears off, or, you know, it rubs off on people, so. Um, the crescendo uh, around I think it's a minute and a half or so into the song is really really epic uh bringing in the beat and singing the the vocals in the background and the melody um the track like all of the area tracks com- comprises of the the day theme and the night theme and the night theme is more sedate a little bit slower paced but it still kind of carries the same feel as the daytime theme. Um, it's a bit more relaxed, but you can still hear all the different parts. And I like how the main theme is still there. There's still some vocals involved, but it's all just a little bit more low key to sort of match the nighttime atmosphere. Um, I, I, I think, you know, when I think about the challenges going into Xenoblade X from the original, I think one of the big challenges was finding a way to have that transition from day to night. It's one of those 
things that was really awesome about the original Xenoblade was being able to have a night version, being able to explore at night even. And I think Sawano did a really good job in general with the transitions, with the uh, having a, a day theme and then also a night theme in general in the game. Um, Noctilum, I think, is one of the, the better examples of that just because it still definitely feels like the same track, but it feels like a quieter nighttime theme would. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, just kind of going on that, I actually really like the kind of like hush nature of the uh, nighttime part of the uh, of uh, Noctilum's theme. You know, kind of like you're, uh, you know, running through the bushes and under the cover of darkness kind of thing. I don't know. I don't have a good way to describe it. Um, but I mean, there's nothing more bombastic than Xenoblade X's OST, and I'll always describe it as such. Uh, but one thing I do like is, I thought, maybe I was just hearing it, but I thought some of the, it, that the Noctilum theme kind of borrows a few of the same notes and vocal cues from the Planet Mira song. Yes, it does. Yes. Yeah, from on the soundtrack, it's called Z5 Mira. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of confused when I didn't hear it when I got there. Uh, but then I just realized it's kind of rearranged a bit. Uh, but yeah, the song has a real exciting edge to it. Um, it combines those cool modern instruments with the more traditional ones that you would expect for, you know, woodsy, foresty areas. Um, and I always like to think of what the recording studio might have looked that day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone on the Xenoblade staff is listening in, I doubt it, but hey, why not? Uh, please do away with the battle themes for the normal encounters so we can keep hearing the really, really nice overworld music. Um, yeah, and actually, when you were talking about day and night themes, I know this is a bit off topic, but one thing I always liked was the, uh, most of the songs kind of get quieter at nighttime, but I love how Silvalum is the one nation where it kind of gets louder at night. Yes, yes, I love that about that too. The night theme there is amazing. I think uh, the reasoning was because it's a very... It's a night place. It's, it's a night place. It, it, it looks kind of drab during the daytime, but that's because yeah. everything lights up at night and it's much more alive looking at night so the, it made sense to have the night theme be a bit more energetic but it's oh it's a really good theme it's it's really hard for me to pick a favorite area theme i kind of would i think edge a little bit over on noctilum side but silvalum night oblivion night they both give it a run for its money actually the caldros theme makes me feel pretty uh pretty awesome too yes yes just kind of gets me pumped okay i have a riddle for you uh -oh. oh, how exciting. What kind of idiot <laughs> spends 90 hours in a game and then doesn't finish it? Um, me? I thought you finished it. I haven't, well, you know I spoiled myself rotten. I know how it ends, but I yeah. haven't beaten it myself. Oh, shoot. Okay. I feel like that's a game that's impossible, I, 100%. <laughs> I was trying to just call myself an idiot there, not both of us, so. Right. Oh. <laughs> I remain clean. I am the smartest of them all. <laughs> well, you are the Canadian, so. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, I think Noctilum and Silvalum are both my favorite themes. I don't I don't know if I can really pick between the two. So don't make me. Yeah. I, I won't. Okay. I'm making you. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Okay. Well, then it's Silvalum. But this, is a, this is a close second, okay? <laughs> I, I like the... the like big like epic feel to it because i don't think you think of that much when you get a forest theme because usually forests are all very enclosed but i like how there's parts of noctilin that you can get up like on 
some vista somewhere or it's a, just well everything about the game is big and gigantic so i, I think the song works because of stuff like that yeah that's true uh both yeah. the really did well with their forest areas to make it just not so much just trees you know they kind of really knew how to diversify the environment up i mean yeah. half of half of noctulum is basically exposed yeah you know it's not under the cover of trees than you think that area still feels so huge to me. Like they, they're all huge, mm -hmm. but I remember exploring just the southern tip of Noctilum, the place yeah. that you go to for the, the the main story, and then going further north for side quests and being like, "Holy crap! There's more!" Uh, if there's one thing I hated about that part is the level scaling there is absolutely terrible. Mm. So yeah, there like between that bottom half and the upper half, there's yes. so much that I kept dying. Yeah, there are enemies there that that will aggro you within a second, and it's like, how do I, I want to explore? I have I have side quests up there. How do I get up there? That's definitely one thing I'll give the edge to Xenoblade Chronicles for the Wii. The edge on is the level scaling is way better. Yeah, yeah. but I guess it's a bit harder for X. X going to you. You know what? That part where you have to cross the bridge or whatever to get to the northern part, I had the same problem. Like, I couldn't figure out a way to get up there without getting killed. So instead, yeah. I, d I just jumped off the side somewhere and swam. Swam. Yeah, that's that's what I had to do, too. <laughs> I love escaping from enemies in that game just because some of the weird haphazard stuff that you'll do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you'll be jumping off cliffs, jumping into water, or, um, you know, jumping over other monsters, moon jumping over other monsters. Oh, Can you yeah. imagine just Elma, like, scolding you, like, uh, this is not really safe. We shouldn't be doing this. And you're looking back at a giant monster who wants to eat your face off. And you're like, uh, I think it's safer than that. <laughs> yeah. Run away. I've jumped off a lot of cliffs into the ocean in that game. I don't know, maybe there's like a weird sadistic part of me. I actually really like that song that plays when you kind of don't get the preemptive strike in the battle. You know, it's just that kind of... Yeah, I don't know why I love it. I think it just kind of reminds me of the game and it makes me happy. I don't, I, uh, I like the main battle theme, so I always hate having that waste my time at the beginning. And there are so many enemies that will ambush you and you cannot target them until they've ambushed you. That pisses me off. Yeah. So, eh. But that is... Neither here nor there, and we still have one more track to talk about. Mike, your pick. Mm -hmm. So, am I right that none of us have played this game? I have. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. okay, uh, cool. I only got about halfway through because the battle mechanics really, really suck by the end when you're inputting like 20 chain combos and battles take like 10 minutes to beat. Like a regular random battle? Yeah. Oh, that's no good. Yeah. Did you, did you play it? No, I, I haven't played either game, but... I've played the original a couple times, but never played Dual Saga. I, I, Good soundtrack in that one, actually. I keep wanting to play it, but then I always get discouraged by people saying how it's... Yeah, and I'm like... But then I remember the first game wasn't really anything super awesome special anyway, so... Why not? But, yeah, um... Great music, anyway. Both both games. From yeah. both games. Yeah, I, Lagaya, the original Lagaya has a really different sounding soundtrack than a lot of RPGs at the time. Um, the battle themes, it, a lot of uh, pounding drums in uh, the original Lagaya. And uh, the composer returns, Michiro Oshima, who 
that's why I said you probably know two-thirds of the composers for the soundtrack, because everyone knows Yasunori Mitsuda and Hitoshi Sakimoto, but I don't know if Oshima is as well-known. I only know uh, Oshima from Lagaya, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, probably not as well-known, no. <laughs> no, no. But that was a really interesting uh, combination, uh, collaboration, I guess, to have Mitsuda and Sakimoto on one soundtrack i'm off the top of my head trying to think of another game where they were both present and i'm not thinking of anything doesn't mean it didn't happen but in my oh, limited some experience some arc lad games under mishima arc the lad okay. yeah okay those are pretty good okay yeah <laughs> yeah i can't think of anything else that they both worked on either yeah, so that's that was cool. And um, Mitsuda's stuff, there's some really good stuff, but also some not-so-good stuff from Mitsuda. Um, Sakimoto's work, I think, especially this track, um, to borrow, to paraphrase from our own review, this is the standout track on the soundtrack. This is, This makes the soundtrack worth a listen to in and of itself. It is a beautiful beautiful forest theme um the fluttering guitar in particular i think at the at the beginning is really pretty it's to me it's evocative of leaves blowing in the wind or sun shining through you know a dense forest uh things like that so a lot of the soundtrack is like that it's they're pretty busy tunes on the soundtrack and it kind of really helps make the you know the environments feel more alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This I mean it's 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 a weird but also good soundtrack. There is some really good stuff, some not so good stuff. I think the 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 combination of the three uh, composers is actually works really well in its favor because um, they all do really have different styles, and you you can you you hear that in their work. Mitsuda is recognizable, Sakimoto is recognizable, and Oshima is recognizable just because of how distinct all three of them are from each other. Yeah, this one definitely feels like a Sakimoto song. Yeah. Like I get a, I could hear this in like a tactics game or something. Yeah. Uh, no, and I like that. The buildup for the song is surprising, is, you know, is very soothing, but it's no less impactful. Um, like I said earlier, there's like a lot of busy instrument work in it. Uh, and they seem to work very well together, and even when they're kind of playing their own parts individually. Uh, it really gives your ear a lot to listen to, and kind of keeps, kind of like a real forest where you might have, you know, your eyes on the trees making noise, you know, a babbling brook babbling, you know, and just kind of lots of sights and sounds, and it kind of, you know, kind of moves your moves your ears around, I guess. There's a lot to hear. <laughs> moves your ears around. Move them ears! Yeah, yeah, the, the, the drugs are talking, but, um, that's... <laughs> That's how I felt with that one. It was just a good, very good forest song. A bit more traditional, like we've kind of been kind of plucking from less traditional songs, I like to think. Um, but no, this this was a really good song. And I think it's a great way to wrap up the block and our episode. Uh, wrap it up on a high note, I think. No, 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 no. No, no, we, we, we got that low note. I, I oh, oh, okay. In injected a dishonorable mention. <laughs> Um, and I would love to actually do a podcast on our dishonorable mention songs <laughs> to make our listeners angry. 
Um, yeah, okay, so I, I'm totally stealing the thunder for this one. Uh, I have a dishonorable mention, and it is going from one Xenoblade to another. It is the Magna Forest from Xenoblade for the Chronicles for the Wii. I hate this song. <laughs> I know some people really like it, but I hate it. It just makes me mad and sad. Oh. <laughs> it's not my favorite forest theme, but I don't I'm I think it's okay. What what it, don't you like about it? It's just such a nice tune. It's it's so nice. It's so pleasant. Um, you know, it sounds like you're taking a pleasure cruise in some fake forest amusement park scenic route kind of thing. Uh, it doesn't really sound too foresty. The flute is just terribly loud, especially at like this one minute mark where it just kind of really just destroys my ears. <laughs> uh, and when you're spending your 10th hour grinding for items to a two minute song where one of that minute is a very loud flute, you know, playing some no, you know, no melody kind of filler theme. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think a lot of the other songs that we picked on here were much better for different reasons. Um, uh, that said, though, I do like the the Frontier Village theme, which is yes. right next door, and it's a lot cuter, and it suits the Frontier Village much more than Front Magna Forest suits Magna. Because That's it's because it's cute and it's full of cute yeah. nobon. Yeah, and I, I always love them. You know, despite how cute they are, they are very business savvy and completely dependable. Yes. <laughs> well, well, some of Ish. them, some of them are. I don't know. So Pretty useless, but this this year's legendary hero pun, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Ricky's an MVP in that game, in my opinion. Oh, in the game, yeah, but <laughs> he's portrayed as as very much of a not dependable 
know upon when you meet him. It's kind of like when you have like a really talent per talented person with a terrible personality. Or bad reputation or, or bad whatnot. Rep, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was actually a pretty okay comic relief in my opinion. I was expecting the worst, but I really liked Ricky. I love I love Ricky. Anyone who doesn't like Ricky, at least like to play as in the game, uh, you're dead to me. Because <laughs> Ricky is a lot of fun and he is really useful too. Apparently it was like a like a last minute development decision. They were going to give him some of the lowest HP in the game and then they kind of changed their minds last minute and decided to give him the most. Yes! <laughs> Which I think is a really novel idea for an uh, you know, unexpected tiny character. For the mascot character, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know. I have memories of Choo Choo from Xenogears and yeah. how the only thing that was really... OP about Choo Choo was the fact that because she isn't a gear, you don't have to, it's easier to, to heal her and her HP is like, you don't have to worry about frames and crap, it's based on her, her own HP, so, I don't know. Otherwise, I never used, I used Choo Choo when I had to and then I think I might have used her in the final boss battles when I was trying to save my primary team to actually fight Deus, so... And then I never touched her. Whereas Ricky, I use all the time because Ricky is awesome and very versatile all around, good fighter, and has some really awesome uh, battle ending uh, skits with the other characters. So yeah, Ricky. Ricky is awesome. And um, I'm really happy that Dishonorable Mention actually led to a very nice sidebar. A nice, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a dishonorable mention, but still a positive note, I think, to, to wind up <laughs> the episode. Um, so, as always, uh, when we get to this point in the episode, I, I will go through our, our spiel. Uh, please uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe. Um, tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your co-workers. Tell everybody <laughs> how much you like listening to awesome RPG music. Um, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, feel free to email us at music at rpgfan.com or uh, catch up with us on the boards uh, or on Twitter, anywhere uh, where we might be. Um, you can also, of course, chat with our awesome social media staff as well. They'd love to hear from you. And I guess, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, do we... We have been discussing amongst ourselves about the format of the show and if we want to keep it as long as it's been or if we want to streamline a little bit. We've discussed, Mike and I have, but I think we're, we're very much interested to hear if there's any feedback from our listeners as to whether or not you want us to keep the same length, general length of our episodes, maybe shorten it a bit, or if you want it to be longer, although I kind of hope you don't. <laughs> These are really hard to meet up for. Yeah. Um, basically, we're just trying to get a sense for, you know, how do you guys like the length of the show and how frequent we, we get it out. Sometimes we've been delayed, and usually that's because real life rears like we had. We, we usually try to get it out once a month, but like I said, just trying to get a sense for what the fans want. So that's another thing that you can talk to us about in an email or on the boards. And with that, I believe we have reached the end of our show. And Stephanie, as our guest host, you get to 
pick an exit track for us, and what did you pick for us? Pretty sure it was the dishonorable mention. Oh, that that was it? Oh, okay, okay, no, 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 this gives me a chance to put something else in. God dang it. Um, 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 um. what was one of the ones that I got rid of in my list? I had like eight. Ooh. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, Super Mario RPG, uh, the forest, forest theme. Yes, okay. I love that one. So that, let's give it time to shine. That is an excellent. Or, 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 uh, Chrono Cross, either of the forest themes. Or the one, the one. <laughs> Do them both, baby. You have to pick one. Dang! Okay, whichever one you like more, Mike. It's all yours. Oh, pressure, Mike. No <laughs> pressure. Alright, well, let's go with Mario RPG. Okay. Woo! I like that one. I, I like Chrono Cross 2. No, no, wait, that came out wrong. I like them both, but I love that one, so. Um, you're gonna have to edit the crap out of this, Mike. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because I, I don't know on top of my head what it's called. Is that why Mike is a bit more quiet? Because he knows, you know, the more, you know, <laughs> more cut-ups. Yep. The more he's got to edit. Um, I think, isn't it uh, Beware the Forest Mushrooms? That's yes. The... Okay, yes. All right. Well, so for myself, for Mike, and for Stephanie, thank you as always for listening. Uh, be sure to check back with us soon. We're going to have more awesome episodes coming right at you. And taking us out is going to be Beware the Forest Mushrooms. Uh Originally from Super Mario RPG, but this version is from Memoria, the very best of Yokoshi Memora.
perfectly formed butt cheeks. Yeah. He, he got butt, you know? <laughs> he had bumps to go with that shake. Uh, as my dad likes to say. 